Well, welcome to our Sunday School Hour. Probably won't be quite an hour, but uh, uh, we're going to give you a message uh, for our Sunday School as we continue uh, in the book of 1 John. And uh, uh, we've had a number of lessons already on love one another. Well, guess what? We're going to have one more at least. Love one another, 1 John chapter 4, and we'll be looking at verses 17 uh, through 21. And uh, the, there are three words I think we never get tired of hearing. Uh, I love you. Now, no doubt we've all spoken those words many times in our lives, and I'm sure we have been sincere, hopefully most of the time. I do fear there are times, though, when the words are empty. We may have spoken these words, I love you, and not really meant them from the heart. Now, speaking of our love is one thing. Actually showing that love through our actions is quite another. You know, there can be no doubt concerning the love of God that he has for us. His great love was displayed for the world to see as Christ hung on the cross at Calvary. And we've discussed God being the source of our love and the need for a right relationship with Christ to experience genuine love. And our text here uh, today uh, deals with how love affects our lives and the way it is expressed toward one another. Uh, those who possess God's great love will reveal that love through the life that they live. And so I want to consider the attributes of the great love as we think on once again this topic of love one another. Notice, first of all, the confidence in love. The confidence in love. We're in verse 17 of 1 John chapter 4. And verse 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And experiencing and the possessing and possessing the love of God has a positive impact upon our lives. One such way is in the confidence love provides. I want you to notice, first of all, love's maturity. Love's maturity. In verse 17, the first part, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, we experience the love of, the, of God the moment we're saved. But as we grow in Him, our love matures. It's made perfect. The believer better understands the great love God has for us. We know that he is love and we dwell with his great love. And through this, his love, we enjoy peace and rest in life. His love enables us to rise above many struggles that we face. John offers an interesting aspect of this love and allows us to look toward the day of judgment with boldness. There is going to be a day of judgment. The Bible says, uh, for it is, uh, we have an appointment with God. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. And if we know the Lord Jesus Christ is our Savior, there's going to be the great, uh, they're going to be the, the judgment seat of Christ. Can't get those mixed up. 
And if you do not, do not know Christ as your Savior, there's going to be the great white throne judgment. But there is going to be a day of judgment. And so as we look at this love, it allows us to look toward that day of judgment. Now, this doesn't reveal arrogance or pride, but rather faith and assurance. God's love has proven as Christ bore our sin. We're now made acceptable to God in Christ and no longer fear standing before him in judgment. And I could admit my, uh, my perspective of the future has certainly changed through my relationship with Christ. <clears throat> Secondly, we find not only love's maturity, but love's motivation. In verse 17, the last part, it says, Because as he is, so are we in this world. In Christ, we realize we are no longer responsible for the payment of our sin. We've been pardoned in Christ, forgiven of our sin. Our debt has been paid in full. And as God views us, he sees us as he sees his son. We have not yet made it to heaven, but we are viewed as righteous as Christ, our Lord, is righteous. Now, there is an aspect of John's teaching we must not miss. As Christ was in the world, so are we expected to be in the world. And that doesn't imply we will achieve the perfection he enjoyed or uh, possess the ability to love as he loved, but we are to strive to that. Now, our lives are to be a representation of Christ in every way, including our love for one, for one another. Now, we are here to maintain a consistent witness for Christ our Lord. And so we see, first of all, the confidence in love. Secondly, we see the courage in love. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. So along with this confidence, we can also enjoy courage in the love of God. Notice, first of all, the principle. It says there in the first part of verse 18, there is no fear in love. God love, God's love conquers all fear. And while living in sin apart from God, our lives are, were dominated by fear. We were unsure of our f future. We were concerned about our health and even worried about ensuring financial stability. But genuine love allows us to rest from our fears. I wonder, are you resting from your fears today? You know, the love of God has re removed such fear from my life. Now, I don't claim to never worry, but I have no reason to. You know, God has secured my eternal future. I have no way of knowing what life will bring, but I am secure in Christ. If he decides to call for me in death, I will simply enter into his eternal presence. He's always met my needs, and I have no reason to fear that he will ever fail. Our love is withheld because something is expected in return. You know, many want to ensure a proper return on their investment. 
But God's love allows us to love others sacrificially. And our love is not dependent upon what we receive in return or fearful of loss. We love others as God loved us. So that's the principle. There is no fear in love. But notice, secondly, the power. It goes on to say, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. The love of God is a powerful force. It rises above fear and enables us to cast such fear aside. Uh, We no longer live in fear of the future. And our lives should not be dictated by situations or circumstances, but by the love of God. Many live their lives driven by emotion and circumstance. They tend to respond to others relative to how they are treated. And God's love provides the courage to open up and love And he loves regardless of the circumstance. So John declares that fear brings torment. One cannot enjoy peace and rest while living in fear. Fear creates anxiety, doubt, panic, and worry. Now we know this because of the recent pandemic. But spiritually speaking, there are signs of weakness Uh, in mature love. God love, God's love allows us to rest solely in him, loving others as he loves and leaving the situations and the conclusions in God's hands. Mature love brings abundant peace and courage. And if you're in Christ, you are secure in him. There's no reason for fear or dread. Now the third thing we see here in the courage in love is the prognosis. Verse 18 in the last part says, He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now this brings conviction, but it bears truth. Where love exists, love is lacking. Or excuse me, where fear exists, love is lacking. There could be uh, application for those who made a profession of faith, and yet they lack genuine saving faith in Christ. You know, many people today are very religious, but they're not confident of their salvation. And those who belong to Christ do not fear his coming or standing before him in judgment. And I'm sure we'll all Uh, we will all discover how feeble our efforts were and that we could have and should have and uh, done so much more for Christ, but we don't have to fear the Lord's return. Now, I'll admit as well that often we allow fear to affect our lives. You know, in reality, fear reveals a lack of faith. It reveals a lack of mature love. When we are settled in the love of God, as he would have us, we're fully trusting in him, not lacking faith and fearful of what life brings. The Lord is still working in my life as I struggle with worry sometimes. I desire to walk closer to the Lord and fully trust him. I trust you do as well. So we've looked at the confidence. We've looked at the courage. But notice, thirdly, the character of love. The character of love. And we see this in 
verses 19 through 21. And here John concludes his thoughts on love with a description of its character. Notice, first of all, its source. Verse 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. And that goes against our self-serving attitudes. But it's true nonetheless. You know, it would be impossible for us to love God had he not loved us first. His great love was displayed and proven in the crucifixion of Christ. He made the way of our salvation and he offers eternal life. Had he not loved us and gave himself for us, we would never have loved him. I'm glad he loved me, especially when I am and was unlovable. I rejoice that such great love was extended to me. I'm thankful for the day the Holy Spirit revealed that love to me after coming to the realization that God loved me. I was able to love him. He came looking for me while I was yet in my sin. And I have nothing to boast of apart from his great love. Then we also notice, secondly, the slander. In verse 20, it says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Now this is very simple, and it needs really not very much explanation. You know, we cannot love God and hate our brother. And there will be times we get angry, maybe even bitter toward others, but we cannot hate others and love God. If genuine hatred exists, the love of God does not. That brings us to a third thing here, and that is the symmetry. In verse 20, and the last part, it says, For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Again, we find it is impossible to love God whom we have not seen, and hate our brother whom we have seen. If we possess love for God, love for our brother will be evident as well. It's impossible to love one without loving the other. The love we have for God should be perfectly reflected in the love we have for others. And so we need to consider the magnitude of what John has said here. The entire passage deals with agape love. Love as God loves. Uh, this does not refer to a casual concern for those around us, but a genuine love as God does. And I do not imply that we possess hatred for others, but I had to have to search my own heart as well and ask whether my love for others is as it should be. And that brings us to a final point here, and that is the submission. And this commandment, verse 21, this commandment have we from him that he who loved God love his brother also. Our love for one another is not optional. It isn't something we can choose to do or refrain from if we don't. We're commanded to love our brother if we love God. No doubt we would all like to think we love God. And so we must also love one another. Uh, we're expected to submit to the will of God and to love one another. In John chapter 13, 
And verse 34 and 35, we shared this verse in our last lesson as well. It says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. Now, no doubt, uh, the love of God uh, is great. His love for us says, For God so loved the world, He so loved, it was a great love, that He sent His only begotten Son. And Christ loved us enough to bear our sins. That's why God sent His Son, to bear our sin and to die in our place. The world needs to see and needs to experience the love of God lived out through his people. And surely you would agree that more love would benefit all of us. Is our love all that it should be? Do we love as God would have us to love? Are we concerned about the condition of others? Have you experienced the love God has that casts out fear? Are you ready for the return of Christ? If not, I urge you to seek him as he deals with your heart. Let's bow in prayer. Our Father in heaven, oh, how we thank you for your wonderful love. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus Christ to Calvary's cross so that might pay the sin penalty that each one of us owes. We know the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and giving us that wonderful gift of salvation. And I pray if there are those who are listening, have never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they would come to him today and accept that wonderful love that has been offered through Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.